Welcome back to the Hex Drinkers Podcast, episode 51, or as I like to call it, the hangover episode, because after the big fuss over episode 50, I'm going solo today. The, the boys are all, you know, sleeping in, taking ibuprofen. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Everyone is uh, visiting their families for Thanksgiving, but I had a little extra time, so I'm recording this over the Thanksgiving break. There are no stops for the Hex Drinkers Podcast. Like we said multiple times, we're all business, no silly shenanigans. So just Jules today, so it's going to be a shorter episode, but of course, going to be talking about a deck, going to be doing a, uh, I don't have anything catchy for the opposite of a group brew, a solo brew, I don't know, but just wanted to talk about a commander that I have been working with recently and kind of the various ways that you can take this commander when building a deck, depending on your, your play style, your budget, etc. We're talking about the Mimeoplasm. So this is a old school commander. It was printed in the original commander decks back in 2011. Uh, Saltai, so two, a black, a green, and a blue for a legendary creature, Ooze. Uh, by the way, the reason that I'm, I'm doing this is I got the uh, secret layer, the Ooze secret layer a while back, and I was like, well, I'm not just going to not play this card. It's too sick. So I uh, decided to make a deck. As the Mimeoplasm enters the battlefield, you can exile two creature cards from graveyards. Not just your graveyard, any graveyards. Also, you're not targeting these cards. So this gets around things that we'll talk about later, but... If you do, the Mimeoplasm enters the battlefield as a copy of one of those cards with a number of additional 1-1 counters on it equal to the power of the other card. So say we exile a 2-2 Flyer and a 5-5 Vanilla. This will enter as a 2-2 Flyer with 5-1-1 counters on it. So it will be a 7-7 Flyer. So you have to kind of play a dance of exiling things that you want for their static abilities, their um, keywords, their activated abilities, whatever. And then putting on top generally something big so that you have a lot of counters so that you have a, a formidable threat in the Mimeoplasm. So what does the Mimeoplasm want? The Mimeoplasm wants cards in graveyards, really. That's all it needs is cards in graveyards, creature cards in graveyards, I should say, to function. And it doesn't matter whose graveyard. So it can be your graveyard, it can be your opponent's graveyard, it can be everyone's graveyard, if you're just kind of, you just want to see what the best thing is at the time. So let's talk about a few different routes that you can take this. But first, I want to kind of just discuss some things that are good in all Mimeoplasm lists. So obviously, like I said, you want cards in all graveyards. A great way to do that is by playing various Wheel Fortune effects. So Wheel Fortune is a red card, so it's not going to be in this this deck, but that means cards that say um, everybody discards their hand and draws a certain number of cards. Classic Wheel of Fortune, everyone draws back up to seven. Uh, oftentimes, newer cards will say draw up to however many cards they had in their hand. So uh, things like Dark Deal, two and a black, each player discards all their hands, then draws that many cards minus one, or Windfall for two and a blue, each player discards their hand, draws card equal to the greatest number of cards a player discard this way. So for Windfall, you can actually be drawing much more as people tend to have quite the hefty grip uh, when you're playing Commander. So those are both excellent cards. That's going to not only put cards in your graveyard, it's going to put cards in your opponent's graveyards, and it's going to dig you deeper to whatever you might want in your deck. Um, also, there's a ton of good blue uh, draw and discard cards, most notably the Thirst Psycho, which we just got the third uh, incarnation of that um, in Crimson Vows. So Thirst for Discovery, Thirst for Knowledge, and Thirst for Meaning are all instants for two and a blue. And they each say draw three cards, then discard two cards, and di unless you discard a card of a certain type. So Thirst for Discovery is a basic land, Thirst for Knowledge is an artifact, Thirst for Meaning is an enchantment. You can either choose to, one, dig quite deep, three cards for three mana at instant speed is a very good rate, and then either 
discard two cards, either it's cards that you don't need or creatures that you want to put in your graveyard to utilize with the Mimeoplasm. Or if you have a basic land card or an artifact card or an enchantment card, depending on how you want to build and you don't need that, you can discard that and just keep the, you know, make sure that you're even more up on cards if you're just looking for, say, an answer or say a specific card, maybe a combo piece or something like that. There's also things like uh, Ancient Excavation, which is really great, which is basically just a, a wheel for yourself for two blue-black. You draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand and then discard a card for each card drawn this way. So there's a number of good blue drawn discard, gen generally blue. Uh, green doesn't really have this, and black has a few of the wheel-type effects, uh, like Dark Deal. Um, but generally, you're going to be looking in blue. And um, I'll link to my ever-evolving list in the show notes so that you can see exactly what I'm working with because you know I love those those sort of things so I'm playing all of those a couple other uh, really important ones that you might want to have in your list are things like Tigam Sidis's hand and Underrealm Lich so these are both five mana creatures Tigam is Demir Underrealm Lich is Golgari but they do similar things they say uh, if you would draw a card instead look at the top three cards of your library and then put one into your hand and the rest into your graveyard so it's sort of almost like a sylvan library effect except you don't get all of them but the other ones go into your graveyard so you basically do get all of them you basically get to draw all three cards they each have other abilities but that's mostly what we're here for is that essentially draw three every turn which is absolutely clutch there's a, a few kind of funky uh, enchantments that I do want to highlight as well, notably Compulsion and Attunement. So Compulsion is an enchantment for one and a blue. You can pay one and a blue and discard a card from your hand to draw a card. So pitch whatever you want, uh, draw a card, and you can pay one and a blue to sack it to draw a card if you really need to. And there's also Attunement, which is an enchantment for two and a blue. Return Attunement to its owner's hand, draw three cards, then discard four cards. So that's a great way to, it's kind of like build your own bizarre Baghdad. Another thing that's good for Mimeoplasm is creatures that care about entering with counters, or most notably creatures that are zero zeros that enter with counters. Uh, you can have that as your base creature, and then you will have even more additional counters on top when you exile that second card, you know, which gives you one one counters equal to its, its power. So things like Glint Creeper, things like uh, Pelucranos Unchained, Noosegraph Mob, any of the Arcbound creatures, these are all creatures that are costed for the certain amount of uh, counters that they enter, which generally is, is, is really not that much, especially with those Arcbound creatures. But if now all of a sudden you can have 10 counters on something like a Noosegraph mob, which says whenever a player casts a smell, remove a 1-1 one, one counter from it, if you do create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token, now all of a sudden instead of entering with just that base 5, it's entering with base 5 plus however many more. It could, you know, you could be having a 13-13 Noosegraph mob, and all of a sudden this is you know an easy build-your-own army of the damned. Those are also just have great synergy. And lastly, cards that I want to talk about, just because the Mimeoplasm is a five mana commander, which is not super expensive. There are plenty of people who run, you know, seven, eight, nine mana commanders. Thinking about Eric in our playgroup runs an Ur-Dragon deck, and that is, yeah, that deck wants a lot of mana. Since we are so focused on the Mimeoplasm, but generally, you'll be very focused on the Mimeoplasm. You're going to want to run a lot of ways to make sure that you can always have access to the Mimeoplasm. So I'm thinking Command Beacon, Road of Return, and Netherborn Altar as my three top picks for kind of what you want to do. Command Beacon, a land, add a colorless, or sacrifice it to put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Uh, also recently was has been reprinted a few times, so now it's running you only about 4 bucks as opposed to when this was originally printed, it was running you about 30 to 35 So not a strict budget card, but definitely something that 
everyone can afford a strict budget card would be Netherborn Altar, one in a black for an artifact. We've talked about this multiple times on the show. Uh, you can tap it, put a soul counter on it, and then you put your commander into your hand in the command zone. Then you lose three life for each soul counter on Netherborn Altar. So obviously you can get tricky with ways that prevent loss of life or ways that prevent counters on this. But really, this is just a way to easily get your commander back into your hand when you really need them. And this is only about 25 cents. So that's that's an easy pickup. Lastly, Road of Return, also a cheap card, only a quarter. Uh, double green for a sorcery, choose one. Return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand or put your commander into your hand from your command zone with entwine of two generic. For two green, green, four mana total, you can regrowth something and also get your commander into your hand. This is just an all-purpose good card you should run this in a lot of decks but especially in decks that really focus on having the commander um this is something you want one, one more that i just thought of actually um because the mimeoplasm is going to be exiling cards from graveyards aka you know kind of putting them away especially if you're doing something that's exiling cards from your graveyard and since the mimeoplasm is going to be a target a lot something like a rift sweeper so one in a green for a two two that when it enters uh, you can shuffle an exiled card back into your owner's library technically you could you can shuffle an exiled card back into its owner's library. So if someone else has something in exile, say it's foretold, it's suspended, anything like that, you can shuffle that back into their library so they don't have access to it. But for you, you've been exiling cards from your graveyard. Maybe with the Mimeoplasm, you want something specific. You can exile something back in with Rift Sweeper. So that's an excellent pickup as well. All right, so now let's talk about more specific angles. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is just a nice, simple budget list. I know we've been talking more and more about just kind of lower powered level budget options on the show as we've as we've been going on, especially in our group brews, there's usually someone who takes the budget angle. Um, and I think the, the easy slam dunk one for the Mimeoplasm is a cycling deck. So there's a lot of creatures uh, that have cycling. I'm actually going to do a quick Scryfall search. By the way, Scryfall, we talk about it all the time, but it is your definitely the best option for searching anything and everything that you need in regards to Magic the Gathering. So I'm going to do a quick Scryfall search for uh, cards within the Saltai color identity, uh, creatures, and ones that cycle, or at least say cycling. So there's 52 creatures that cycle or mention cycling in the Saltai colors, and there's a bunch of just, I mean, big ones like Greater Sandworm, that's a 7-7 that can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less. There's Jeshin Zombies, which is a 2-4 with fear, also has... Uh, island cycling and swamp cycling so it can kind of fix you there's cross and tux cross and tusker uh which when you cycle you get to rampant growth so there's all sorts of stuff so you can build a very simple but powerful kind of cycling deck because there's a bunch of especially in ikoria there's a bunch of these just large creatures uh, ikoria amonkhet parts of the alar block where they just have large creatures that have cycling. So this was great and limited, obviously, because you know you draw your seven mana seven seven, and you're missing on lands. You can just cycle it for two or, or just a generic green or whatever, and smooth out your draws. But later you can just play it if you have it. Well, we get both. We get to smooth out our draws by cycling these, and then we can mimeoplasm, and now all of a sudden we have a seven seven, uh, a base seven seven that can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less, and it's getting you know six one one counters placed on it because we exiled Crossing Tusker and Greater Sandworm. So if you want a lower powered and also budget option, because I mean, a lot of these cards are commons, uncommons. These are, you know, quarter to 50 cent cards at most. You're going to be able to play with all these and you can kind of, you know, customize it. There's, you know, one that has death touch. So if you really need a good blocker, you can get, um, you know, a wasteland scorpion, which is just a, a two, two with death touch, but it cycles, right? So all sorts of stuff like that or a striped river winder. Uh, this is a great pickup actually, because it has hexproof. It's a five, five with hexproof cycles for just a single blue. Now all of a sudden your mimeoplasm has hexproof, which is 
pretty clutch. We'll, we'll talk about that later about kind of optimizing your keywords on your card. Uh, Shoreline Ranger, Island Cycles for two, but it's also a flyer. So this is definitely a way that you can go. And then within this, you can play just like a mild reanimation package, because like we said, you're not always going to have Mimeoplasm. It is a card that depending on what you're doing, maybe not, maybe in this deck, since you're just generally going to make large creatures, you know, it's like, oh, I have an 11-11, but it might not have trample. So it might not be as much of a lightning rod as some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. But because you're not always going to have Mimeoplasm, either for now all of a sudden it costs nine mana and you don't have that much, or it gets killed or whatever, you can run a mild reanimation package. There's numerous four, five, six mana black reanimation spells or just green regrowth spells that will get your creatures back to your hand or to the battlefield. So you can kind of play a recursive game there. And when Mimeoplasm is not an option or it's already out and you just need more creatures, you can reanimate them or get them back to your hand, play them after having cycled them. Um, so this is a, a potent way to build it. It is not doing anything really flashy. It's just good, clean magic, um, but it's a great option for budget and also a great option for lower power level. Or if you're just getting into the game, um, one, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Thank you for listening to the Hexdragers podcast. But this is a way to do it um, and it'll be easy to get into there. So after that, obviously, we talked about Mimeoplasm wants cards in graveyards. And one of the best ways to make sure that your power level is on par with your opponents is to just play their cards. So we've always advocated for rule zero discussions, sort of making sure that everyone knows what, what's, what's good with power level. Well, a way to kind of make sure that everyone's on the same, or that you're on the same power level as your opponents, especially if you're going to like an LGS or something, is to play with their cards and not your cards. Now, this is not always the most fun option for people, but clone.deck, etc., copy.deck, these are great ways to make sure that you're dialing in right on that right power level. And the way that Mimeoplasm does this is mill your opponents and then utilize their cards through the Mimeoplasm or other things. So playing things like Teferi's Tutelage, Psychic Corrosion, Patient Rebuilding, these are all high quality enchantments that are going to mill your opponents. Uh, it's not like they're going to get, you know, uh, milled for 20 at a time. These are usually just a few cards at a time, but it's enough to fill their graveyards and make sure that you have fuel for the Mimeoplasm or fuel for other things that you might be playing. Um, I'm thinking Extract to Darkness, three black and blue. Each player mills two cards. Then you put a creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Uh, maybe the way you choose to build this is you don't actually have any creatures in your deck. You just take stuff from your opponent's or Talon of the Telepath, which is two blue-blue. Target opponent reveals the top seven cards of his or her library. You may cast an instant or sorcery card from among them without paying its mana cost. The rest go into the graveyard. You have Spell Mastery, which is if there are two or more instant or sorceries in your graveyard. That's a magic magic organ, origins mechanic. You may cast up to two revealed instant or sorcery cards instead of one. So there's a bunch of cards like this that mill your opponent and take either their creatures or their instants or sorceries, um, so you get to cast them instead. So if you're already doing that, if you're already filling your graveyard, you will have access to that. Things like uh, a great, another great card, Memory Plunder. You can cast target instant or sorcery card from an opponent's graveyard without paying its mana cost. Oh, one, two actually great ones that I found doing a little bit of research. These are from a, the Commander decks, I believe. Uh, Shadowkin, three and a blue for a flash shapeshifter, two, two. The beginning of your upkeep. Each player mills three cards. You may exile a creature card from among the cards milled this way. If you do, Shadowkin becomes a copy of that card, except it has this ability. So every turn it will trigger, and you can continue to change it if you want. And then Sphinx Mindbreaker is a 7-mana 6-6 flyer. When it enters, each opponent puts the top 10 cards of their library into their graveyard. So these are all great ways to... Holy shit, they're uh, <laughs> washing the windows outside my room. Um, 
these are all great ways to mill your opponent and then also take their cards, basically. And then, of course, you can do self-mill stuff too, right? Like I was discussing, things like uh, Deadbridge Chant, Salty Ascendancy, and then Titan's Nest are all... Uh, oh, Search for Escanta as well. These are all great ways to uh, supplement that mill. If you want to play a lot of mill and take from your opponents, you can... I mean, obviously... Mill cards are kind of like a, not a meme, they're, they're a personal favorite of especially casual magic players. People love to mill, so there are plenty of good mill cards that you can look up. It's actually become a keyword now, so I think you can you should just be able to search it on Scryfall. Find a bunch of cards like that, um, and then you can mill your opponents, mill yourself, and you'll have access to get things with the Mimeoplasm. Another good thing that I want to I wanna mention, actually, now that I forgot, are things that go well with the Mimeoplasm, especially if you're doing mill of yourself. Things that come back from the graveyard, so these are disturbed creatures, eternalized creatures, embalm creatures, escape creatures. So look up those mechanics on Scryfall, find the right cards. Plukinos Unchained, great escape creature, champion of wits, great eternalized creature. There are various disturbed creatures from the most recent Midnight Hunt set, or Crimson Vow if you want the disturbed uh, auras. So those are also great things to consider when building this deck. All right, last route I want to take is actually the one that I'm choosing, and it is a Voltron strategy. So I mentioned earlier kind of about how you can optimize keywords, how having hexproof on your Mimeoplasm is great. I mean, having hexproof on any creature is great, but having hexproof on something like a Mimeoplasm, that's a commander. We're dealing commander damage, and something that's going to have an ex a bunch of extra plus one, plus one counters on it is um, extra nice. So I went a Voltron route, and I actually kind of took a... a sort of a nerdy approach and I made a spreadsheet of all the creatures I was considering. These are creatures with the keywords I was looking for are hexproof, people can't mess with our thing, indestructible, people can't wrath away, and then haste. We want to make sure that we're dealing damage as quickly as possible and things like flying, trample, ways to make sure that we're actually getting in damage in case our opponent has blockers or anything because we want to deal as much damage as quickly as possible with our mimeoplasm get commander damage kills that's kind of the the essence of the voltron strategy if if you don't know that at, at this point so i took a look at a bunch of creatures i basically just did a scryfall search for each of those keywords and found all the ones kind of made a list that you know there was like i don't know 60 or 70 of them and then i ended up uh, basically cutting out half I'm, I'm looking at 35 36 creatures right now in my list i just made a spreadsheet of which ones have which keywords and kind of that's how i determined uh, which ones i want and then also, of course, it helps that a lot of these, you know, you want to bias towards big ones so that you can have more power. So something like Colonian Behemoth, which is a, a seven mana nine nine that has Shroud. Shroud. Shroud is another one. Shroud is basically just hexproof, except you also can't target it. But we don't really need to be targeting it, at least not in our list. I'm not running any like equipments or anything. I'm I'm fo focusing uh, strictly on the power of Mimeoplasm itself and self mill and, and stuff like that. So, you know, things like cloning behemoth things like Cragplate Bayloth, which has hexproof haste still this is just something you can play on your own but also hexproof and haste six six plus whatever counters we put on top of it excellent we've got things like impervious great worm which is a 16 16 indestructible so if you get that out and then you get literally anything basically anything on top of it it will be a one-shot kill now it doesn't natively have trample which is unfortunate but you know i'm sure there's ways to give it trample maybe by cycling a Titanoth Rex, which when you cycle it, you get to put a trample counter on target creature. 
uh, it cycles for one in a green. This is another one that's great in the cycling deck. It's from Ikoria. And then um, also things like Throne the Last Troll and Troll Aesthetic both have Hexproof, but also they have Regeneration, one in a green. So that's a great way to get around not having Indestructible is that if someone Wraths, um, unless it's actual factual Wrath of God or Damnation, I guess, you can regenerate and still have your Mimeoplasm to make sure that you're you're getting in. So a few other great ones are Miri the Cursed is actually, which is, is nice because this is a something we could just play out if we need. Not everything is, uh, you know, seven mana, 11 11s or whatever. Four mana, flying first strike haste, and whenever it whenever it deals combat damage to a creature, you get a 1-1 one, one counter on it to the 3-2. So this is great because all of a sudden we are evasive with flying, we are hasty, um, and we're going to continue to grow in case there are any blockers. A few other personal favorites, Simic Sky Squallower, flying, shroud, and trample for a 6-6. Six, six. This is basically everything we want. Can't be targeted, it's evasive, and it can trample over opposition. And then something like Plated Crusher is just a simple uncommon from a Battle for Zendikar, but Trample Hexproof for a 7-mana seven, uh, seven 7-6, seven, that's just good, clean stuff. And then, of course, there's also creatures that can't be blocked, like Invisible Stalker is just a 1-1, one, one, but it's Hexproof and it cannot be blocked. So if you have that and then you put a Indestructible Great Worm, now all of a sudden you have a 17-17 seventeen, seventeen Hexproof can't be unblocked, uh, can't be blocked. So that's quite the potent combination. A few other cheeky little uh, includes here. Uh, all the creatures that have the lieutenant mechanic, which says as long as you control your commander, this has whatever. My personal favorite is the Storm Surge Kraken. Uh, as long as you control your commander, it gets plus two, plus two, and has whenever it becomes blocked, you may draw two cards. So it's a seven, seven hexproof that whenever it becomes blocked, you draw two cards. Because this is the Mimeoplasm, the Mimeoplasm enters as a copy of this, but is the physical card, the Mimeoplasm. This is your commander, you control it. So this is always just a seven, seven that has that uh, drawing ability. It's also got hexproof. And then of course, it gets however many counters you put on top of it. So this is a huge thing. Doesn't natively have trample or flying once again, but still high quality. All of the cards that say Lieutenant, those are cute. You've also got things like Daring Fiendbonder, which is just a four mana five one with haste and it must attack each combat if able, but you can exile it from your graveyard for one and a black and put an indestructible counter on target creature. So say we have, you know, the God draw of Mimeoplasm has hexproof, trample flying it's big right but it doesn't have indestructible if we want to make sure that it basically cannot be touched we can loot daring fiend bonder or just have him die naturally um, into the graveyard and then put the counter on our mimeoplasm that's already got all of these keywords all these you know these essentially force fields around it and then it pretty much can't be healed unless someone like you know mega blocks it in combat and we're counting on it being like a 13 13 or something so that's going to be very very difficult so that's kind of how I built my list, uh, which you'll be able to see in the show description. We talked about uh, the cycling deck. We talked about a mill deck, whether that's milling your opponents and taking their stuff. There's a few other cards, a few other things that I want to talk about that you can kind of build into this. One is you want to make sure that you have ways to protect your graveyard if you are doing the self-mill thing. So if you're doing the Voltron, the cycling just the generic, everyone gets milled, including yourself or the self-mill or whatever. Um, you want to make sure that people cannot exile your graveyard because that's your that's really going to be a lot of your resources. And we're, you know, we're milling or discarding a lot of cards. Um, we want to make sure that we still have access to them as kind of our second hand since we are a graveyard-focused deck. So one of my personal favorites is Ground Seal, which is an enchantment for one and a green. When it enters, draw a card. So we're already cantripping. We're already even on cards. And then cards and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. So people can't come through and scavenging ooze creatures out of your graveyard. But it also is nice because since the Mimeoplasm does not target, remember at the very beginning of the show, I read him 
and he does not target the cards in the graveyard. You just exile them. They're just gone. So this does not turn off your Mimeoplasm, but it turns off people kind of trying to target cards in your graveyard. Other great things are things like Ward of Bones, Witchbane Orb. These are cards that give you hexproof. So the biggest the biggest struggle for this deck would be something like a Bajukabog or a Tormod's Crypt, which will just nuke your, your graveyard. It says, you know, exile target player's graveyard. This prevents you from being targeted so that they can't get your graveyard with a Bajukabog or something like that. I don't love those cards because they don't really do much other than give you hexproof. But depending on your meta, depending on if people are running those cards, and especially if people are running those cards plus things like Comet Storm, Torment of Hailfire, um, actually Torment of Hailfire I don't think targets, I think that's each opponent, but any of those big X spells that just say do a lot of damage, uh, you know, target player loses X life, if that's kind of in your meta, you might want to consider running those some of those cards so that you can not only protect your graveyard from Bajuka Box and stuff, but also just kind of incidentally make sure that you're not going to get burned out by the Gruul player who ramped and is going to play a Comet Storm for 50 or something like that. All right, so lastly, I want to discuss a few of the more quote-unquote powerful things that you can do. Basically, a few combos. So if you're already going to be milling yourself or milling your opponents, uh, here's some things you might want to consider. The Dusk Mantle Guild Mage and the Mind Crate combo. Dusk Mantle Guild Mage is a creature for blue and a black. Um, stats and type don't matter, but it has the ability one black, blue. Whenever a card is put into opponent's graveyard from anywhere this turn, that player loses one life. Um, and then you can also pay two black blue to for target player to put the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So one, this can just mill an opponent if you want Mimeoplasm, more feel for the Mimeoplasm. Um, if someone is going to get milled by a bunch, you can activate the first ability to make it so that, oh, they're going to mill 10 or 15 or whatever from some other effect. I would like them to lose 10 or 15 life. But where this combos is when you have Mind Crank, which is a two mana artifact that says whenever an opponent loses life, that player puts that many cards from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So, of course, if you are able to activate Dustmantle Guild Mage's first ability with Mind Crank, as long as they mill some amount, usually you could just do this in response to them getting milled, or maybe you just activate both of Dustmantle's abilities. For, so for seven mana, uh, you can just start it cold. Um, this will go infinite and mill that player out. Uh, you'll have to do it for all of your opponents. So if you have a way to mill all of your opponents such as you know maybe shadowkin is going to trigger on your upkeep uh you activate dust mantle guild mage you have mind crank plus that with shadowkin out each of your opponent mills three cards they lose three life and then all of a sudden they're milling three more and it goes and then everyone is milled out so that is a known combo dust mantle guild mage is going to run you about a dollar mind crank is going to run you about five or six dollars so this is not a expensive combo by any means they're both two mana cards and mind crank is easily tutorable as an artifact so if you want to sort of run something like that or have that in the back, those are things that you can do. Dustmantle Guild Mage also is just a perfectly serviceable card to run in any deck that wants to mill things and also, you know, provides you a, a sort of a, a win condition in that you can, if you're milling large chunks at a time, you can deal damage to people through that. Although it is known mostly for its combo with Minecrank. So if you don't have Minecrank in your deck, you need to either play some politics or let people know I don't, I don't have that because they, they probably will target at least the Guild Mage, if not you. Next combo is anything with Necrotic Ooze. Uh, not, not completely, but um, Necrotic Ooze is a creature for two black black. 
it says four three and it says as long as it's on the battlefield it has all activated abilities of all creature cards in all graveyards so there's a few combos with this most notably if you have something like visara the dreadful or avatar of woe these are cards that tap to destroy creatures they just tap it and destroy creatures so if that's in your graveyard and then also something like eater of the dead is in your graveyard eater of the dead says exile a creature card from any graveyard uh, untap eater of the dead so if you have necrotic ooze you kill a creature you exile that creature from your opponent's graveyard uh, to untap it you can now kill everything basically like a machine gun um, sim similar to like a, a goblin sharpshooter type of combo with your necrotic ooze now this won't win you the game itself but it is just a nice combo to have and off the top of my head I don't, I don't have anything but i'm sure that there's a bunch of other things that you can do with necrotic ooze i know that you can do the um uh, phyrexian devourer uh, i think is the card there's there's a combo with that card um that's a more expensive card i think that's like a 25 dollars card but if you want like a combo backup and you want also just utility necrotic ooze just put the phyrexian devourer in there the visara the eater of the dead these are all lines that you can go Two more things. Obviously, if you're self-milling enough, whether that's for Mimeoplasm or other things, Jace, uh, I think Wielder of Mysteries, Jace Wielder of Mysteries, Laboratory Maniac, and of course Thassa's Oracle, all cards that basically say if you have no cards left in your library, uh, you win the game. These are not exactly exciting, in, in my opinion, uh, but they are potent, and depending on how much you're milling, they definitely can, can get you there. If you just want to include like one as like, a, oh, well, if it gets there and I get it, I get to win the game. Um, other people want more, a more dedicated list. Um, if you want a more dedicated list to win like that, there are probably better commanders. But um, you know, these are things that you can run in your deck. And lastly, uh, because we want so many creatures in our graveyard for Mimeoplasm, Mortal Kombat is a sick card, sick game too. But this is a Mortal Kombat with a C. And it's an enchantment for two black black. At the beginning of your upkeep, if 20 or more creature cards are in your graveyard, you win the game. So once again, whether you're just milling a bunch because you're milling everybody a bunch or you're self-milling so that you have fuel for your mimeoplasm, you could easily have 20 plus creatures in your uh, graveyard at the beginning of your upkeep. If you have a way to get Mortal Kombat down, that's a win right there. All right. I believe I've hit upon everything I wanted to do. Uh, we talked about base cards that you want in all mimeoplasm decks, things like Saltai Ascendancy, things like Underrealm Lich, uh, the Thirst Cards, Wheels etc. We talked about Voltron, so making sure that you have a nice layout of keywords, hexproof, haste, flying, ways to make sure that your Mimeoplasm can't be interacted with, is evasive, and can get as much damage through as possible. You want those big creatures that have those keywords as well, right? Colonial Behemoth, Shroud, 9-9. That's huge. And then we talked about the cycling deck. Uh, nice budget option, lower power, uh, very simple, cycle your cards, you know, play your seven mana seven sevens as you need, and then you can build in a reanimation package to get things back after you've cycled them and made sure that your deck is consistent. You have all your lands and everything like that. And lastly, of course, milling your opponents primarily. So uh, generally, this is to take their creatures with Mimeoplasm, but you can also play things, of course, like Extract from Darkness and Memory Plunder to take their creatures and instants and sorceries as well straight off their deck. Um, kind of a uh, what's what's yours is mine and this of course make sure that you're playing right on power level with your playgroup because you're playing their cards so everyone is if everyone is playing the the same power level if you are playing their cards and then of course we talked about those combos that you can include in any number of these decks um, they're more optimized in some than others and also of course depending on 
how competitive you want to be, and how much money you want to spend. So that's the Mimeoplasm. Uh, sick commander, sick art on the secret layer. If you don't have it, uh, it's going to run you, I think, between 5 and $10 for that one. But uh, if you're looking for the Mimeoplasm, hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, at our email, um, and let us know what version you are going to build, what version you already have built, uh, if there's any cards that I missed, etc. And if you really like what we're doing here, consider going over to hexdrinkers.com slash Patreon and supporting us for as little as $1 a show so you can have more of these shows like this where I'm bored and I just want to talk about a commander deck and I release an extra episode. All right. Thanks to you all for listening. And this is Jules signing out.